they cut Arthur Mallette? Am I allowed to just just share with you that it it, it like sucks that they cut Arthur Mallette just because of how much I liked him? Am I allowed to do that? All right, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to get into the implications. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Yeah, they cut. They cut Mallet. If any of you listen to the or watch the show that I, I put together live in the afternoons with Ramon Foster, you'll know that you develop a professional relationship with these players. You cover them over a few years. You're around them for their highest of highs. You're around them for some of the lowest of lows. And you do get to know them. And you get to respect them and appreciate them. And and Millette was maybe my number one point guy over the past couple of years in the locker room, always shot real straight with me. Uh, If you've read my coverage on DK Pittsburgh Sports, the written form, the columns that I put together, uh, he was a big part of those. He was the guy who would tell me what's really going on, you know, uh, what's the heartbeat of the team right now, what's the focus, What's what's the mindset. And he would do it in... Times such as whenever he was popping off at Marcus Allen up there in Orchard Park and had to be calmed down by both Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick right there in the locker room in front of us. And he was there after he'd make a big pick or a big play to win a game during that 7-2 and two stretch. And I'll do this in different ways as well, but I'm going to say right on here that I want to express my appreciation for his relentless professionalism and candor and honesty Um, way too often we look at these people and I'm describing myself as an outsider along with you whenever I do this because I'm never an insider the people use that term for reporters and I don't like it inside is their world Uh, I have credential I have access I'm in there I can talk to them I'm not one of them okay and never pretend or claim to be But all of us, myself included, can be guilty of just talking about their performance and seeing them within the scope of their performance. And, and, you know, over this past week, I've talked a lot about the secondary, and I've said out loud on here that Millette struggled in coverage, that Millette might be a liability. That's not fun for me. That's not fun for me. But that's part of the job. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect Rigor, relevance, that's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Other part of the job is that when somebody does go, you move on as well in terms of subject matter. And what I see emerging from this situation overall meaning Terrell Edmonds being let go. Another one of my guys, by the way. (laughs) Maybe that's the pattern here, right? Now Mallette being let go. And along the way, uh, some under-the-radar, maybe underappreciated acquisitions that have been made 
now make a little bit more sense. Chief among them, Keanu Neal. I've had some of you come at me whenever I mention the safeties, and I'll say, oh, Minka Fitzpatrick and DeMonte Casey are the safeties, and I'll hear from you guys, you never mentioned Neal. You never mentioned Keanu Neal. The reason that I don't mention him, the reason that I haven't before today, is that I haven't seen like a role. I haven't seen what fits. I haven't seen what makes sense. And if you go back over the various things that have been discussed on this week's Daily Shot of Steelers, purely by coincidence, it might all feel now in hindsight like it was building up to this Keanu Neal episode. Because what did I complain about this week? I complained about not knowing how the secondary was going to be aligned. And then I complained about the lack of inside linebackers and who's going to be there for support, who's going to be there to help. And now here we are after Mallette gets cut, and I'm going to be talking about Neil because Neil can answer emphatically, by the way, both of those. He really can. It's becoming clearer to me than ever that you are going to see this three safety set. I've been hedging on that for a while, but you are going to see Minka playing the Minka role. You're going to see Casey being kind of like in that old TE role where he's got to, he's got to work with uh, Minka and making reads and coverages and so forth. And then you're going to have this guy, Neil, right up front. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that by looking at his resume. This is someone who was a Pro Bowl selection in 2017, almost right away upon his entry into the NFL in Atlanta. 116 tackles, a pick, six pass breakups, forced three fumbles, did a little bit of everything. And man, did that ever magnify. Now, in 2018 and 2019, he was just wiped out. ACL, Achilles tendon, just pretty much kept him out of action. Comes back in 2020, gets another 100 tackles, another pick, a sack, becomes even more of a physical presence as a safety, old school, Ryan Clark type, right? In 2021, he signs with the Cowboys, and they move him, this is where this gets interesting, to a linebacker spot. He makes it into 14 games, five of those are starts. Last season, goes to Tampa Bay. He's back at safety, strong safety, specifically, where he's always been most comfortable. Gets into 17 games. Eight of those are starts, 63 tackles and a pick. But the versatility thing, that was just getting going. The Bucks used him at nickel linebacker. They used him at dime linebacker. They had him blitzing. Had a sack and four QB hits, even though he only blitzed seven total times all season. They had him up front. They had him in the back. 233 snaps in the box, 172 snaps at deep safety in the cover two alignments. He had 98 snaps in the slot. This This, my friends, is what Mike Tomlin's talking about when he says that he values not only the talent, not only the depth of talent, but also the depth of diversity that he's got back there. He can 
Move Patrick Peterson inside if needed. He can keep him on the outside if needed. He can go with the three-safety set. He can bypass the three-safety set the way the Steelers were forced to do when KZ got hurt last year. You see what I'm saying here? If Neal can be a player for the Steelers, he doesn't have to be a superstar at any of the roles that I just mentioned to you. The diversity alone becomes a weapon because you can adjust your defense to the offensive scheme and the offensive set that you're facing on any given week. Yeah, I should have talked about him sooner. <laughs> That's what you're thinking, right? <laughs> what, are you, what are you waiting for to talk about this guy? I listen to you eventually, don't I? When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Corey who says, DK, after you discussed the linebacker position on the Wednesday show, one thing was left out when discussing the recently departed and the current linebackers, and that's the defensive line in front of them. Would you predict an uptick in production from the linebackers since the Steelers have upgraded their defensive line? This one's complex, Corey. I want to. Okay, but as we're communicating right now, all we know about the defensive line is that Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi will be part of it. That's it. That's the only thing that's a certainty. And they were part of the one last year. So what's been upgraded in the moment? You can hope and wish for Keanu Benton to make a difference. We also could have hoped and wished for DeMarvin Leal to be an instant rock star last year. I know, and I know, different players, different drafts, all that other stuff. Just throwing it out there, okay? We don't know that the D-line has been upgraded. We know that the Steelers hope that it's been upgraded. Now, that said, if Benton is, as advertised and as shown on his film from college, more of an oldish school-type of nose tackle, not necessarily Casey Hampton, but something that's in the spirit of making sure that uh, linebackers can shed their blocks or not even have to deal with their blocks as often, yes, the linebackers can be more effective. But to me, the effectiveness of this linebacker group, principally Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts, is going to be based on how they do. And how they do shed their blocks and get to tackles and all that other stuff. I'm not about to lay that on the defensive line that hasn't changed much. Now, if the Steelers had made their big move in the first round and come away with a Jalen Carter, we could be having all kinds of discussions to this effect. But they didn't. They went with a position that I said they would. And that was chasing a left tackle at any and all costs. They did that. They got their guy in Broderick Jones. They ended up getting their nose tackle. We'll see how it is that he goes. Oh, look, I'm not knocking 
Benton or obviously the vets that they have on the D line. I'm just saying that there's, there's no visible market upgrade that we've laid eyes on. Now to that topic, going to finally start laying eyes on the Steelers draft class in Steelers uniforms and helmets, at least the practice versions of them tomorrow at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. I'll be over there covering the opening of the Steelers rookie mini camp and writing all about it for DK Pittsburgh Sports over the weekend. And on tomorrow's episode of this program, I'll let you know what it is that I'm going to be looking for. 